Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. Alex, welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Great to be with you. Alex, are we headed for a recession these past few weeks? Lots of turmoil, financial (laughs) markets. Uh, What has been happening? There's lots of hints about it and people sort of on the verge of that sort of speculation about uh, we're headed for recession. What are your thoughts? Yes, the the dreaded R word is uh, is, uh, starting to make the headlines a lot more. Uh, Look, what, over the last couple of weeks, the, the, the big thing we've seen is a massive sell-off uh, in a, a number of asset classes. Uh, the share market probably been the most notable over the last couple of weeks where the Australian market is down probably close to 15%. Uh, interestingly, if you look at the US market, that's come off quite a bit more. The S&P 500, which is probably the biggest in the world, the US stock market, is down, oh, I think it's over 22%. And the NASDAQ, which many people will know, that's the big technology companies in the US, that's off 32%. Um, So technically, uh, a stock market enters into what we call a bear market. That's sort of a a term used, but you know the expression, uh, you hear bull and bear market. Well, a bear market is when markets sell off about 20% or more. Uh, And so that's what's happened to the US and the Australian market is obviously getting pretty close to that. So that's that's been the stock market. The other one that I'm sure lots of speculators will have heard of is the the good old crypto market with Bitcoin. I think it's off about 60 or 70% now. So huge drops in cryptocurrency. Yeah, and look, not surprising given it's very difficult to value what crypto is really worth. Um, but the one that's actually sort of been heading gradually down over the last 12 months, and especially in the last sort of two months, is the bond market. And that's actually sort of more important in one way because that's where interest rates uh, are sort of determined about where they're going to head. You know, the bond market's trying to predict where interest rates are heading. Uh, and, and to give listeners an idea, the 10-year bond in Australia, so what what is that? That's, you know, lending your government, you know, lending the Australian government money for 10 years. That bond uh, 12 months ago would give you a 1% yield. Today it's giving you a 4% yield. So a massive spike in interest rates, and we're seeing that across you know, bonds uh, across the world, but certainly here in Australia, we're, we're certainly experiencing it. And of course, what that is sort of trying to tell us is that interest rates are going to rise dramatically. And hence, there's a bit of fear out there in terms of mortgage rates and so forth, which we spoke about last week. Um, but the real question here is, with some of these events taking place, what what happens, of course, when these things happen is fear creeps in, uncertainty, and you know you often hear the expression fear and greed or what drive stock markets, and now we're sort of hitting that sort of fear phase to some degree. Um, no, it's still early days yet, but really there's this talk that recession may well be on the cards. Um, and just for listeners, how do we define a recession? Uh, I guess the obvious element is that the economy itself contracts, um, but there's sort of a technical definition that economists tend to agree on, and that is that you have two negative quarters of GDP growth. In other words, the economy, uh, GDP stands for you know gross domestic product, which represents the value of goods and services traded in the economy, and when that has two negative quarters of growth, uh, you're deemed to be in recession. And so that's that hasn't yet happened. Uh, and Australia's actually had an amazing run over the last 30 years 
where it's had very, very few negative quarters of growth at all. So it's been remarkable, even through the GFC and, of course, through COVID as well, both where we had enormous stimulus that helped keep the Australian economy strong. Um, but recessions shouldn't scare people. You know, they're a normal part of the business cycle. They, sh- they generally happen every 17 to 10 years. So it's something that we should be expecting. Uh, if anything, there can opportunities can come out of it. Obviously, people get a bit fearful because there's concern about job loss loss and so forth, but it's very much part of uh, normal economics and normal, uh, you know, normal economic activity. So it's something we should expect. Alex, a lot of politicians uh, are afraid of using the R word because while you might get a technical recession, the crisis of confidence that comes when you start talking about a recession uh, actually has a similar sort of effect of dampening everything. Any thoughts here about the crisis of confidence that can happen and whether it's a technical recession or not that can affect your uh, your business and your work? Uh, well, look, you're absolutely right. And very much economic activity is driven by confidence. Uh, in fact, consumer confidence at the moment is now at the same level it was during the global financial crisis. And so what tends to happen, it almost becomes self-fulfilling because you know when people are feeling, when they lack confidence, what are they going to do? They're going to spend less. They're going to save more. They, they tend to have a bunker down kind of attitude. And of course, that in and of itself slows the economy down. And so it almost becomes self-fulfilling. So I think um, the probability of recession is quite you know, quite high, um, particularly as the central banks, as we, you know, we discussed last week, they're all very keen to raise interest rates to try and get inflation under control. And if they overdo that, then that's going to drive um, the economy into recession. So it's something we should expect. And uh, certainly the confidence, you've seen it now with the housing market too. There's a, there's a huge increase in listings on the market and, and there's a decrease in uh, auction rates. You know, auction rates, uh, many houses have been passed in. And, and that all, really all reflects just a, a decline in confidence uh, in what's going on in the economy. So as I say, very normal though, part of the um, economic cycle. So the contraction in the economy, and that leads to all sorts of issues, and one that is close to lots of hearts, uh, the thought of higher unemployment, Uh, there's all sorts of things, no doubt, we might be aware of, and uh, having a little bit of knowledge, no doubt, is important ahead of a time when that sort of challenge might strike us. Uh, But there's uh, your thoughts here on on business owners or employees, the way we could be Im- impacted by recession. Uh, what are your thoughts about what you do? Yeah, look, there's lots of things people can do. I mean, the classic mistake that small business owners tend to make is during good periods, uh, you know, and many businesses use debt as part of their day-to-day operations. But when often the mistake that successful pay- people make is actually end up taking on too much debt. Uh, the classic example I like to give people is back from the 1980s when a lot of uh, property developers went bust. Because what happened is people, they buy a property, it does really well, uh, and so, you know they sell it and make money. Then what they do next time around, they do a bigger property and take on more debt. And then eventually they go, oh, well, that worked really well, so why don't I make six apartments this time instead? And they keep building on and on and on. And eventually the debt catches up with them when the economy turns down. So that's a very common thing. And you see that with business owners as well. Um, so I think now is a time to be adopting a defensive position. Uh, recession, as I say, it can be a very good thing. It can be a time of great opportunity uh, for people. 
Um, but initially you have to be defensive. And so to me, now's the time to not take on much debt, if anything, try and avoid it. And, and look at how you can diversify your revenue stream. You know, if you're, if you're a small business owner, you're earning money from a range of certain products and services, you've got a good customer base. Well, why not consider adding more services or different products that to the same customer base? You know, you've already got all these people that trust you. Now you've got an opportunity to add to that. And I'll give you a classic example. When COVID hit, um, our financial planning business, I thought to myself, um, I don't know how this is how this is going to go. You know, is COVID really going to have a huge effect? Or and so we actually opened up a mortgage broking arm at the time, just as a sort of an extra revenue line. We already had the customer base already, so it was just a case of being able to offer a new service to existing customers. And so that immediately added extra revenue and helped us got through that, you know, that tough COVID period that many people went through. So there's all sorts of things you can do uh, to be proactive. Uh, and get through these tough times. It's, it's a great chance to uh, not to be reactive, but rather to think, okay, how am I going to navigate through this and what are some of the opportunities going forward? So that, that's, that's for small business owners. I think for so the average Aussie who's employed, uh, you know, the Bible says you've got to know the state of your flocks. So know the state of your investments, know the state of where your funds are at and how it's invested and how much you're saving. So become... You know, as a good steward of what God has given you, you want to know how you're doing, where you're at. Um, and of course, because job risk uh, increases during a recession, uh, the classic thing that any financial planner will tell uh, uh, their customers is that you've got to have an emergency fund. So I always say to people, you want to have roughly six months worth of living expenses um, in order to uh, have, have enough cash on the sideline if you lose your job. Now, some people listening to that might panic and say, oh, I've got nothing like six months. Well, that, that's okay. You know, just slowly build it up. You know, get your first $1,000, then try and work your way up to three months and then keep building from there. Don't panic. Uh, just start building up those emergency reserves because, you know, job loss, unfortunately, is part of our economic system when, when tough times come. And of course, if you happen to lose your job, if you are unfortunate enough to do that, make sure you treat it as a full-time job the idea of going and getting another job, you know, be really proactive, get up in the morning, get dressed and get ready to go and get yourself another job. So be proactive about it. Um, but, you know, cash flow is, is king during these tough times. So make sure you do a budget and cut out any waste. Look at, look at opportunities to save money, uh, build up those reserves, uh, cut out your waste and uh, get your finances into better shape. And don't be afraid to reach out and get help, you know, get advice. Um, you know, it's a great time to be talking to others and seeking the wisdom of other people. Alex, in a recession, there are story upon story of businesses that go broke, and surely that must impact people's portfolios. Uh, what can you do to sort of mitigate some of the, the losses that you may be up against if you're, uh, you're in business or investing? <laughs> Yeah, well, look, you know, the good news is the Bible actually speaks directly to this issue. There's a great passage in Ecclesiastes 11, uh, it's chapter 11, verse 2, that I love to quote people, and that is, it says, invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight, because you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. So this is classic uh, financial planners speak for, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And one of the things I've witnessed over the years when people have come and seen me is often there's a tendency to be overconfident in one particular area, whether it's stocks or property, etc. And you're relying too much on, on one source. Uh, so if you have a stock portfolio, 
if you've only got, say, 10 shares and you've got equal amounts in each, if one goes broke, you're going to lose quite a bit of capital. You're going to lose 10% of your money. Whereas if you have, say, 20 or 30 shares, losing one may make no difference at all. So rule 101 is to make sure you're adequately diversified. Now, that could apply to a small business and its different revenue streams, and it could apply to a stock portfolio uh, where you're looking at investing. Make sure you're diversified. And, and to add to that, I'd say you diversify across different asset classes. You know, don't have all your money in shares, have some of it in cash and, and bonds and other assets to, to make sure you mitigate that risk. Um, but another good thing that investors can do particularly is think about the sort of services uh, that you buy every day that are essential. So, for example, it's highly improbable that a company like Coles or Woolworths would go broke in a recession. You know, at the end of the day, we've all still got to eat. And the level of demand for Coles and Woolies services is unlikely to decline during a recession, if, if at all. And if it is, it'd be very, very small. So essential services. And same with things like gas and energy. You know, at the end of the day, we all need electricity in our house. And so you can buy companies that own those kinds of services. So ask yourself when you're looking at your investments, is this something that people need? Is it something they have to consume every day? Because that's likely to be defensive and that's likely uh, to be something that survives tough times. So it's about adopting that sort of defensive approach initially. And then as opportunities arise, you can then take much more of an offensive and growth orientated approach as the economy turns around and starts to pick back up. So the early uh, defence is to be a little conservative and a little bit cautious. But as you say, Alex, uh, when you have recession and when there are a lot of people who are moving out of their investments or their properties, uh, then that creates in itself uh, community-wide opportunities. So if you're looking towards a recession and saying, uh, uh, is there opportunity here, what are you looking for? Yeah, look, the, the, the classic opportunity that comes out of recession is lower asset prices. So, uh, you know, let's, if, once again, if you think of the business owner, um, you know, during tough times, some businesses will go under, uh, some businesses will lose revenue, and they'll become cheaper in value. So if you're a business owner, maybe a great time to acquire a competitor's business. That's, that's one way to look at it. Another thing, of course, is the stock market during uh, challenging times is also likely uh, to go down and therefore become more attractive. And, and the way I say to people is just think uh, buying shares is going to a Christmas sale. You want to buy the same, you know, same products, or in this case, the same shares, but just for less. You know, that's, that's the key. Because what people forget, you know, recession has this sort of, I guess, negative connotation to it, whereas I tend to look at it as more just part of the normal cycle. But people forget that after recession comes recovery. You know, things get better, they improve again. And so it is a chance for those, you know, and the reality is 90% of people keep their jobs. Not everyone uh, is negatively affected by it. And so opportunity will come to those who uh, are looking for it and who are thinking like that. You know, think of, don't... Don't buy into all the negativity of the media. It's not saying you don't be cautious and you don't be thrifty and you don't be careful, but it's just merely to say, just look at it and say, what, how can I benefit from it? Uh, like one classic investment strategy that you know financial advisors talk to their clients about is a strategy called dollar cost averaging. And just for its, in its simplest terms uh, for listeners, is it's just about adding to your portfolio a little bit every month. So... If you've done your budget and you've realized you can save, let's call it $500 a month, well, you keep adding to your portfolio $500 a month. 
And the good thing is in, in tough times, because asset prices are cheaper, your $500 is actually buying you more every month. So it's a great strategy to actually um, to acquire good quality assets on a regular basis and keep building up your wealth. And then when things turn around and markets all start to go back up again, you'll have bought uh, you know good quality assets at lower prices. So great simple strategy for people to follow. Uh, and it also, it switches off the psychology because one of the problems with investing is it's very psychological and, and people make mistakes if they let their emotions get involved. Dollar cost averaging seeks to take the emotion out of it and it's just about following a practical strategy of just keep adding to a good quality portfolio. Um, yeah, so worth, very much worth considering and I'd encourage listeners to Google it or talk to their financial advisor about it because it's a, a good simple one to build your wealth. Tough times ahead, Alex Cook, and increasing interest rates, uh, mortgages going up. Is there a classical Christian response to how you might deal with uh, the way things look uh, tough times ahead? Mm. Look, there's probably dozens of you know passages I could quote about this kind of thing, um, but there's just one I'll quote just to sort of uh, encourage people, uh, and many will have re- read this first before from Matthew 6, uh, 26, where it says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Um, so, look, one of my core beliefs is very simple, and that is that I have a heavenly Father that loves me, who is not going to let, you know, leave me out in the lurch, uh, and he will get me through whatever seasons may come. Uh, the reality is God is above our circumstances. God is a God of abundance. Just go and read 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 on that, uh, and you'll see that there is no recession in heaven. There is no, there's no lack. God lacks nothing, and God is able to make the miraculous happen in your life. Um, so even you know you know we are in the world but we're not of it you know and things you know can happen to us and sometimes God will allow us to go through times of testing and trial just to, to refine us you know no one no one's immune from those things and we, we don't escape but the reality is we have a God that loves us um, who is not worried about what's going on he knew he knew what was going to happen before we did and he's above our circumstances and he will get you through it. So this is a, I always look at these tough times as an opportunity to draw closer to God uh, and to actually seek his wisdom and seek his guidance for how we should steward our finances, um, but draw closer just in, in the sense of building your relationship with God, um, because that's what you know he created us for anyway, not to worry about what's going on in the world, but to actually have a relationship with him. And uh, tough times are a great opportunity to, to remember that. Uh, and I certainly believe that even in tough times, those that choose to obey God, to put their trust in him, uh, can still prosper, even if uh, the world's going on chaotic around them. I mean, I, I still remember 2009, very distinctly, 2008, 2009 with the GFC, um, where you know many people were finding it very tough with the global financial crisis. Uh, but our financial planning business at the time was up 30% that year. We, we had a great year. So you can still prosper, even though things are not doing well around you because you know we live in god's economy and as i say god is a god of abundance and he's above our circumstances and he can uh you know get us through any any period 
You're taking us into some waters that might say have a prayerful strategy for times ahead rather than just getting buffered by the winds of change as they come. But uh, wonderful insights, Alex Cook. Uh, We're not immune from hard times, but we are equipped to handle everything that comes if tough times are upon us. Absolutely. Uh, Let me just point people to how you can connect with Alex Cook. Alex is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. The Wealth With Purpose website is wealthwithpurpose.com. Lots of free resources on the Wealth With Purpose website. You can follow Alex on Facebook and Twitter.